Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up and welcome in to this, I, I can't say another special episode of Motor City Ruler because we said that last week, but I'm your host, M. Brown Oish 21, Mike, got my co-host Zach over here, I'm always backwards, and we got a special guest with us, straight from the heart of Michigan, I believe you're in Michigan right now, CJ, right? Yes, sir. All right, all right. We're, we're, so we're going to talk, obviously, uh, obviously a lot of Lions tonight, we're going we're gonna to put this to bed this season to bed with the Lions talk, obviously a little Red Wings talk, and then we'll talk about a little college football, kind of like last episode. But um, uh, for those of you guys look, watching at home, I didn't know how that intro went. We were kind of in and out laggy. Zach's having a little technical difficulties here right now, so hopefully that came out all right. But but Zach, how are we doing tonight? No, yeah, doing good. Um, yeah, so I hope that came out to the public all right, that that, that intro <laughs> video. But I, I didn't see a lick of it, but, you know, I've seen it a hundred times. So, uh, no, yeah, doing all good. Um you know, holiday season wrapped up, NFL season wrapped up. Um, got the little bro CJ here. It's gonna be a fun episode. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up the Lions, and um, you know maybe talk about a little uh, little off season. But but uh, you know overall, just happy to to go out with a dub. Honestly, absolutely. And, and like like Zach said, uh, like Zach said, CJ is his brother here. Uh, so we've we've been trying to. Well, we've Zach's been mentioning there. He he's gonna jump on here and there. Uh, so glad we finally get to get him on, especially after, uh, uh, th- this game that we just, you know, witnessed and hopefully, uh, send uh, Aaron Rodgers to his, uh, to his resting place. But CJ, man, thanks for jumping on. Uh, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I feel, uh, I feel great all week. I've been saying to myself, uh, all year I get to picture Jared Goff going into victory formation in Lambeau. So it's a beautiful that thing. losing image is great. Yeah. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so we quickly kind of discussed a few things uh, off air. Kind of quickly, uh, a lot of media coming out of uh, <clears throat> out of the Green Bay locker room. Uh, you know, we saw some Lazard comments where he pretty much said he's not coming back. I heard a few things about Rogers saying, you know, he 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 metaphored it about some riding a carousel and being, you know, sometimes you're on your last ride and yada yada yada. Um, so before before we get into all that, guys, the game, uh, you know, we got flexed Sunday night. Um, 
I guess before I get ahead of myself, what do you guys think about Seattle, the, the Seattle Rams game? You guys have a chance to watch that, or did you guys just scroll through ESPN updating that? I'll let you first because yeah, I didn't watch it. I watched. Uh, I think I watched most the beginning of the first half, and then I watched the end of it into overtime. And it, I, my overall thoughts were that it was kind of an ugly game to watch. Oh yeah, both both teams were playing pretty awful, and obviously we're rooting for the Rams in that game, and they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. So it was not a fun game to watch. I'll I'll definitely say that. Yeah, I mean, I f- I was like spent after that game before the Lions game even happened. Like, like I the the whole Zach and I talked about it last week. The whole scenario, the way that it lined up is, you know, we hold the Rams draft pick. Here we are rooting for the Rams to win. Right. Then, you know, the field goal goes into overtime, and it's like you got to be kidding me. So, so basically, <laughs> as the Lions are getting ready to kick off, right before they're kicking off, they finally know the fate. But then to reciprocate it, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, you know, the NFL, there was a lot of NFL, a lot of players rooting for the Lions. The, obviously, then as Seattle won that game, Seattle was rooting for the Lions to win. So, so the whole thing, the way it came out, it was, you know, like I said, I don't want to be one of those Lions, Lions fans, but uh, that was our championship. You know, I can, I can go to bed this season and be happy. But, but overall, Zach and I were up and down quite a bit on the, where we thought we were going to finish, but I think a lot to build on. Now I think the expectations are extremely high next year, so so we may get those lion slappies that we saw early in the season, those fans. But uh, but uh, overall, watching watching that game, did you guys think Zach? I'll go to you, and then and then CJ. Uh, I know we talked about it. You, you, I think you you had Green Bay winning it late, essentially. But yeah, basically the flow of the game because I felt like even in that two minute draw, I was like. Oh my God, this is, if it was the same old lions, we wouldn't be able to run out the clock. And then Aaron Rodgers, the way he was just airing it out against our defensive backs and getting the penalties. I figured right there that writing was on the wall. Did you kind of feel like it was building for that? Yeah. I I'm trying to get out of the, the same old lions mentality, Mm -hmm. you know, because, because it was such a, I I don't want to say ugly, but it was not a fun game to watch in the first half. And, 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 you know, in my head, I was like, you know, this, this, we blew our chance, you know, they got nine points with the first time we beat them. It was like 15 to nine. We should, we should have jumped out to the lead in the first half. So I'm thinking, you know, we, it's, you know, tough luck here. Um, but, but the second half turned out much better. And, and I think the Packers shot themselves in the foot, honestly. Oh, multiple with, times. Yeah. With, with the penalties at the end, because I don't know. I, I, I still think that if I wanted green Bay to win, but <laughs> You know, if there was any of that sort of thing that played into this game, you know, the NFL wanting Green Bay to win, it, it it all went out the the window when when the guy shoved the trainer, and it, it's almost like now you're almost doing it. You're almost doing anything you can to keep him out of the playoffs. You know, yeah. CJ. Yeah, what what did you think about the game? Uh, I felt like it was an emotional roller coaster. But did you feel that after that? Once we were in that two minute drive, did you did you kind of feel that? Oh man, things can slip away, or, or, or no way, man. We're we're putting it to bed. See, I kind of could have gone back and forth because you're going against Rodgers, so you think we've seen this movie ten different times with Rodgers, especially at the end of the season. But the way the the, like the momentum of the game had gone, Rodgers didn't get and and the, had, even though the Packers had shot themselves in the foot a few times, so we caught some breaks there. But I wouldn't say that I was thinking oh we're gonna stop them like we're definitely gonna stop them but I don't know it just it just felt different it felt different than the prior years where Rodgers has done that to us I'll say that I just feel like you know obviously there was a lot of talk all week Rodgers kind of downplayed it towards the end but this team this is what I told Zach you know this is I I felt like okay if the Rams won that would give us the, the edge to really really put it on Green Bay and and I think Zach and I were both kind of like, ah, the Packers will probably win if Seattle wins. But this team came out, and I don't feel like the letdown literally minutes before kickoff really factored into a lot of things. And I think they really responded, rebounded well based off the scenarios. You know, I didn't realize Okuda wasn't, uh, you know, he was out for the entire game. So then, you know, we've got, uh, you know, uh, I mean, again, in our secondary outside of Okuda, you know, I, I, I give Will Will Harris so much slander every week, you know, and then the rest of these guys. And it's kind of plug and play. You know, that's the one thing uh, 
you know, I'll talk about it later, but I mean, our secondary, that's, that's, that's definitely something that we have to address. Um, but you know, after the game, getting the win, knowing, like I said, we, we knocked Rogers out, having the ability to really build on next year, having one, being one of the teams that has the most cap space. I feel like I was thinking about the receiving core this, uh, when I was on my way home today, like you got to do everything you can to, to keep this receiving core together because I, in the beginning of the year when shark was hurt, I thought he was done with the lions. He was on a, I think maybe a one-year deal. Uh, I know Josh Reynolds re-signed in the offseason. I don't know how much longer that was, but these guys are going to be cheap, and they played great. There was no animosity towards each other. Um, but I feel like, you know, we've got so much money. I feel like our offensive line we got short. up. We, we didn't even have Big V all season. We pretty much haven't had him the past two years. Um, so I, I think that's somebody you can cut bait with. But, uh, but you know, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the way things turned out. Um, so, uh, I don't know if, if CJ can hear us right now. Cause he, cause he was, he was commenting here, but, uh, but Zach, did you, do you feel, uh, I mean, going into the off season, we always talk about this. Do you, do you feel like there's a certain area of guys that we have right now that you have to, you have to keep, or do you feel like you have to, any of these starters right now that you really, you want to make sure that they're back next year to, to kind of build on next year. For me, the must is, uh, Jamal Williams. Um, I hear what you're saying about the receiving core, and and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. But um, to me, he's just the kind of guy that you want, especially for a team that's building and trying to gain momentum. Um, just his attitude around the team, to me, he's a must must keep. Um, I don't know if I don't know what his contract looks like. I don't know if he's signed through next year. Or what the what the deal is there? But um, but he, I think he's my lion right now. Yeah, I, I definitely think. Uh... I mean, the way that – and this goes to show, I mean, this is pretty much everything that we've talked about all season. Um, you know, the way that Swift was being utilized, bringing him back with fresh legs, you know, the fact that Jamal Williams was just able to pound the ball all season, even though, you know, there was a couple weeks uh, – what was a couple weeks ago when he had that knee injury? I thought he, he might miss some time. He got hit on the sidelines. Um, and then, obviously, we see, see, see Swift go down, which – I figured that injury, uh, you guys talked about it earlier with uh, one of their guys pushing the trainer. But uh, I felt like it was one of those things that, that might have, uh, you know, knocked Swift out and passed. But I think he came back, responded well. But you you mentioned it earlier, the whole trainer situation based off of, you know, that game. And then what happened on the Monday night before, I mean, it, they don't coincide. But I feel like that situation just added more light to it. Like, what was your thoughts on that? Was that like... I just felt like that was probably one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And as much as you don't like listening to, I think it was Collinsworth or, or whoever it was, like he, he, he said, you know, every time I, I broadcast the game, I say, man, I've never seen that before. And he goes, that was one of those things. Like, you ever see a situation like that where why does a, why does a player physically have to, to push a trainer? And then you see the other guy kind of come in like, put his yeah. chest into him like block, like that whole situation, especially based off of this past Monday night. I mean, what were your thoughts on that? I think everybody's kind of on the same page, but I mean, Zach, what do you think about all that? I, yeah, I honestly didn't see it when it happened. Um, they were talking about the flag and then they show the replay and, and yeah, he even said it himself. I, I, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, he's, you know, he's just a green Bay Packer as far as I'm concerned, but <laughs> he, uh, he, he said, he was like, it was the dumbest thing. You know, I don't know what I was thinking. My emotions got the best. I think he was a rookie or second year player. So, yeah, and and I understand that. Like he's like he's in a heated moment, right? And he's been, and and probably some lines guys in his face pissing him off, and and he just sees blue and he shoves him, and he's not thinking, he's not thinking about what's going on around him. Then that's not an excuse. That doesn't that doesn't excuse what he did, especially like what you said with what happened the previous week um, with Demar Hamlin. It's just it was just it was just a bonehead move. He just wasn't thinking, and and. I, you know, it just, I don't think he was like trying to be like, you know, don't obviously don't heal this guy or don't, you know, don't do your job or anything like that. He was just trying to push, push a blue shirt. I think, you know, I don't know. Yeah. CJ, I don't know. You, you back with us. You're here. Uh, We're talking about the the whole trainer situation. And again, it's not a lot to talk about because I think everybody's kind of on the same page, but, but when you saw that, I mean, were you just kind of like, you know, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah, I was, I was very shocked. In any game, I would have been shocked, but the fact that it was Packers against Lions, it was, it was definitely uh, – I'd never seen that in a game before. I've never seen a player push someone who's not a player. It was, yeah, I don't think I've seen that either. Yeah. I, it, it was definitely an awful look for Green Bay and for that guy. 
So, you know, we talked about this. I think Green Bay, I think that was their second game that they were held in the first half without a touchdown. I think the other one was against us earlier in the season. Um, yeah. You know, you know, we're, we're a lion – or not a lion show, we're a Detroit show, but I want to talk a little bit about about the Rodgers – or, I mean, I guess about the Packers. You know, we see, uh, you know, out in Arizona right now, they got rid of their coach. Uh, sounds like they're going to strip down the team. Maybe a little bit they're uh, they're willing to deal. DeAndre Hopkins, they talked about that today. Kyler Murray, there was always some kind of turmoil there. Um, but but in a situation like this, I feel like, you know, they, they drafted Jordan Love to be the next heir apparent. You know, he he's played sparingly. I don't, I don't necessarily think that he's looked great, but I don't think at, at that position, like, you can really show a lot in spot starts. I feel like you need to have a little consistency. Um, but, you know, like – what do you, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that? And I know the, hate is a strong word, and I use it loosely for Rogers because he's one of those people that I just despise, and I talk about it openly all the time. Do you guys think this is the last of Rogers, uh, or or maybe just with Green Bay or in the league? Do you think he? I just feel like he's one of those guys. It's just so arrogant and so cocky that he's just like, screw it. Yeah, I I would guess. If I if I was to bet on it, I would say it's probably his last as a Packer. His contract is up. Yeah, I thought he I was. He just. I don't know. He just, like I said, I, I think he I just signed an extension. I say I thought he signed the extension when they got rid of Devonte Adams. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I guess he he would have to retire, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Then I I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's the type that would be tough to walk away from the game, but at the same time, if he's offered like an immediate TV gig. He seems like the guy that would jump at that right away. So, you know, I don't know. It, but if he wasn't under contract, I would say he'd, he'd go play somewhere else. I, I think he's sick and tired of Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> like we all I are, mean, you know. Go ahead, CJ. I just don't, I don't know. And like, like you said, like I'm a little biased too because I can't stand him either. But I don't know how. And it's not just this season. Like the way that they've gone out, I think like three years in a row now, it's been ugly losses in Lambeau Field. I don't know how you come back from that other than next season, like winning a Super Bowl. Like that's what you'd have to do to yeah. redeem himself in Green Bay. And I don't see that happening with the team that they have. It's just wild because like the whole situation is like Devontae Adams gets shipped out. You know, the only reason he's in, you know, in Vegas is because Derek Carr. Well, well Derek Carr has probably seen his last start there. Yeah. You know, so Devontae Adams is thinking to himself like, you know, what the hell did I do? Well, the biggest surprise to me was when Devontae got shipped out that Rodgers signed an extension. But now he's looking at himself. I just feel like every move that he makes is, like, calculated. But I'm, like, looking at myself like, this is probably the dumbest thing that these guys did. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, granted, Devontae had a great personal year. You know, he set the he set the franchise record in Vegas. But, I mean, what's that really matter? You know, these guys are not sniffing the playoffs. You know, the NFC North is only getting better and better. I mean, you talk about Justin Fields. I mean – a generational talent, not because, you know, I'm a Buckeye, but, but you see what the guy can do, but the, I mean, the, are the bears willing to bury this dude in their ground and not put talent around him? That's one of those things. You know, I think Minnesota will still be around for a little bit is I felt like the past couple of years, I, I just couldn't look at Kirk cousins as a starting quarterback or not a starting quarterback, but just like a playoff caliber quarterback. And now it's like, I, you look at him, it's like, he just gets it done. And then I feel like green Bay's the one like, steady fall and everybody's getting younger and kind of on the upswing. So it'll be interesting to see kind of in this division, what happens. Um, but guys, you know, no playoffs. Uh, that was our playoff episode last week. I mentioned, wait, did you, I um, meant to bring this up when we were talking about Rogers and I, I forgot yeah. when I was talking, did you see the exchange between Rogers and Jameson Williams at the end of the game? I was going to ask, I, yes, but, but he asked, he kind of casually asked about the Jersey. Yeah. And he's like, I, I, I got to keep this one. Like, yeah, and you I'm know, thinking like he's what other reason are yeah, what other reason are you keeping a a, a week eighteen L to Detroit? Did you, did you see? Field, you know? You see what Rogers said in his press conference after the game about that no. comment? Well, no, what did he say? One of the reporters said, "You know, like cameras caught you saying this to the Lions rookie. Like, what do you have to say about that?" And he said that when they played in Ford Field earlier this year, he had promised Williams that he would give him a jersey. So Jamison Williams, when they play in Lambeau, goes to ask for a jersey. Yeah. Rogers denies him that. And he just said in his press conference this week after the game, he said um, some games are just special. Like you just want to hold on to the jersey like week 18 at Lambeau. I just want to hold on to that jersey. And he gave a really vague reason, and it just didn't make much sense. 
Like you don't want to hold on to a jersey of a loss at the end of the season. Yeah, to a division rival that kicked you out of the playoffs. Like, yeah, it, it's just wild seeing these guys like him, and and of course, like from I always kind of allude to like fantasy purposes. I think Zach, you said maybe in one of your leagues you had Tom Brady. Tom Brady struggled all season and pretty much sucked all season, and then you get to the point where like it doesn't matter or you're out of the playoffs or something like that, fantasy wise. And yeah. Tom Brady's just lighting it up. Yeah, of and course. it's like. Okay, and he's going strong. And then you see like Rogers kind of struggling and we're seeing like this turning of the guard, the, the young guns coming up and, and uh, you know, it, it, it's great to see. But, but one thing talking about young guns, Kirby Joseph, man, I love this kid. Uh, I mean, he could have had three picks that game this past week. You know, one got, he actually had two, one got called back the one he dropped, but uh, you know, those guys had some tough words for Rogers, you know, uh, basically saying that, you know, they heard what Roger says, and Kirby Joseph pretty much said that, you know, uh, you know, same old Lions, blah, 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 blah. He goes, he goes, whether you leave or not, he goes, you know, if you leave, you know, you're probably going to be a Hall of Fame player. He goes, but if you come back, he's like, I'm going to get my, he's like, I'm going to get my picks. I'm going to get more picks. You know, you're, you're talking about a rookie. I just feel like on a lot of those bombs, basically all they were doing is looking for the pass interference because that last one that kind of sealed it. Rodgers just kind of flipped the ball up in the air and didn't even pay attention to the safety. And I feel like those guys have really grown, you know, the fact that he's he's coming in for Tracy Walker and playing. So it'll be interesting to see see what they do in that secondary. Um, you know, maybe him and, and Tracy Walker paired back there will be a nice little little pairing of ball hawks. But, but overall, is there a rookie and, – and you can say Aiden Hutchinson. CJ, I'll start with you. Is there a rookie that this year that – either played to where you thought he was going to be or just well above his means? Because I feel like we were loaded defensively, especially with rookies. Um, Hutchinson was definitely started out really slow for like the first almost eight or nine games. Like he had that game against Washington that was awesome. But outside of that, he just wasn't doing much in terms of QB pressures. But then at the end of the season, especially in that Green Bay game, at the end of the season, Hutchinson looked awesome. But I think my favorite rookie, just because he came out of nowhere, was Houston on the other side of the – D line, I love Houston. The fact it was it eight sacks in six games or something. Yes, and you watch him sack. He's he's with him because he wasn't supposed to be a starter, but looks and he's a sixth round. Um, yeah, I'd say definitely he had have a season, but I'd say Houston. Absolutely. I, I like that call there. Zach, who, who you got? Defensive, offense, anybody that really stood out to you that maybe maybe kind of even stood out a little more? I know I, ask, I always ask you this with the wings, but but for the Lions there, rookie rookie that really stood out to you. Well, uh, you know, I watched Hard Knocks. I know you didn't watch Hard Knocks, but I know CJ watched Hard Knocks. Um, I'm going to have to do it now. So, <laughs> so, you know, I already had a little bit of bias towards, uh, towards Rodrigo. Um, love that kid. But uh, – but I, I would say Aiden Hutchinson grew on me, um, you know, just because he came from Michigan. And I was just kind of – I was kind of indifferent. And I was more of on, the, like, the conservative side of, you know, is he really worth the pick that, that we got him at? Um, and – but also at the same time, he's a lion, so I want him to be great. And and he just – he played, like CJ said, so well down the stretch. And you could tell he was growing already as a player throughout his first – you know, his, his rookie season. So promising. And I, I, I'm just – I'm a big – I'm a Hutch guy going forward. Uh, I agree. I, I mean, there's a lot. I already talked about Kirby Joseph. I think he's one of those guys that brought a lot of life to that secondary. A lot of spunk. He was able to lay the wood. Then he was able to, you know, play kind of ball hawk out there. But uh, but overall, you know, I, I think that's – that's and that's what I told Zach, I think, last episode. Like, you know, hey, we're winning. We're putting a run together. You know, my wife sat down. She's like, she's like, you're really going to, like, stay up and watch this game. I'm like, it's not like it's a long game. She goes, every time – I talked to you like the Lions, like you, you, I'm always like, who's winning? You're like, the Lions are losing. I said, well, that was like the first half of the season. She goes, oh, what? The second half of the season changed? And I said, actually, it was like two totally different seasons. Like, literally, <laughs> you're fucking like, you, you, I said, I, I couldn't even explain it to her. Like, it was like for real. Like, and, and she didn't understand. It. I was like, and she's like, so what? You're like, a, you're cheering for a 500 team? I said, no. I said, we got, we were one game above 500 this season. So, so definitely, but but we did that with with young talent. We 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 took a leap in and again we go back to Aubrey Pleasant being fired. And I feel like when that happened, this defense came to life. Granted, they still gave up a record number of yards, but I feel like QB pressures is different things, the the looks, 
And maybe Zach and I kind of talked about that. That's why Campbell kind of came down on him because he wasn't following through with the game plan. So maybe they get, they cut that guy out and you know, here we are now that there's a decent game plan being called and, and yeah, we're giving up a lot of yards, but you know, here, here we are. We got a lot of, a lot of young guys playing. So uh, with that being said, you know, you guys see the news now, which it was kind of inevitable. It doesn't mean anything right now, but I believe the Colts uh, reached out to Ben Johnson and uh, old, uh, what's his name on uh, Aaron Glenn. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on that. I mean, I guess young coaching staff, that, that's kind of what you're going to have regardless. But, I mean, sometimes you, you see guys like Eric Bieniemy and stuff with uh, with Casey that get these calls all the time. It's, you know, it's just kind of one of those things like, hey, we're going to test the water, see. Or do you guys think they've done enough in their first year to, to actually land the gig? CJ, I'll go, I'll go to you if you if you can hear. Um, yeah, I definitely think uh, I definitely think Johnson could get a job. I could definitely see a team, saying, especially because his play calling down the stretch in that Green Bay game and prime time, everyone saw it was so well. Um, I could that definitely see. Player, yeah, yeah, I could see some teams saying like, "Yeah, let's go with this guy," but I don't know if there's a job. And obviously, if you're a coordinator, you want to take a head coaching job. That's like the top job to get. But I don't know if he want, would want to take any of the jobs, especially Houston. I don't know who would want to go coach Houston right now because they fire a coach after one season, two years in a row. So I, I don't know about Aaron Glenn. I, and I think Aaron Glenn's really tied to Dan Campbell. I don't know if he would if he should get a job right now. But I could definitely see Johnson getting one. And I wouldn't want to see him go. Yeah, Zach, I, I think both these guys are definitely uh... – calibers i think they still need to maybe season a little bit and i do think glenn definitely is tied to, to campbell uh ben johnson i don't i don't i guess i don't know his backstory but uh zach what, what do you think about these two guys do you think maybe they're just kind of getting the interview process through to to kind of get acquainted with it uh you, you expect them back uh for the for the this season this upcoming season that's a good point I, di- I didn't consider them just trying to get their feet wet in the interview process that that could be could be something um more so probably for Ben Johnson than, than AG, but um, I, I would agree with CJ. You know, I, I think, I think he's earned it um, Johnson specifically, but would hate to see him go, um, especially with the the steam that we're picking up on offense, um, how well the offense is clicking. And I think what he means to, to golf's confidence and especially with the, with the way golf played this year, but also for, for Ben Johnson, you know, I, I, his confidence. I would hate to see him go somewhere like, you know, Houston, like CJ said, or, or somewhere that's just not going to set him up to, to succeed. And then, and then, you know, it kills his confidence as a coach and, and he's thinking, oh, I should have just stayed in Detroit for a couple more years because obviously that's what we want. So, so I, I would hope, I, w- I would hope it's what you said. Like he's just trying to trying to feel out the interviews, trying to see what other programs are about. And, and at the end of the day, he'll, he'll come back for Detroit for, for at least another season, at least. Absolutely. So uh, CJ, Zach, and I have talked quite a bit throughout the season about uh, the draft and different things. We've got a lot of cap space. Going into the draft, I think we're sitting at the number six pick maybe with the Rams, and then depending on what happens with ours. So obviously uh, there's a lot of opportunity, you know. I mean, we could essentially even trade that pick. That was, that's what, that was the first question I wanted to ask you guys, just like a real quick yes or no. Are we picking sixth or no? I, I, I feel like there's so much more – I, I, my personal, you have to go defense, and I don't feel like, I mean, maybe I was looking at like Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, cornerback. Um, you know, I don't know necessarily. Maybe that's a reach at six. I think you can, I think you can trade that pick and still get a lot of value in return, and still really hit a home run in, in the draft. Um, so, I, so I would be okay with trading that pick. Yeah, I, uh, I've, I've seen some mocks get us the cornerback from Georgia, Ringo. And I, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know if he should go top like eight because some mocks have him like in the teens too. So I do think you could trade back. But I also saw, I don't know if you guys saw the quote. I think it came out today from Brad Holmes that said, uh, "We're confident in golf, so we're not drafting a quarterback." You know, number six. Yeah. And my first thought seeing that was like, I would kind of keep that kind of stuff quiet because you want teams to remain uncertain on what you're gonna do. But, I mean, I trust Brad Holmes, so it's not like he's an idiot or anything. But I would definitely go cornerback with the first pick because I think it's the weakest part of the team. 
And so, like you said, Porter, Penn State, uh, Ringo from Georgia. And I just don't know if you need to stay at six to get that guy. That's kind of yeah, – I kind of kind of feel the same same way. So, yeah. um, But, boys, before before we move on, we get Zach's uh, Red Wings update. Any, any uh, Lions talk you guys want to talk about before we get out here, before we put the Lions to bed, unfortunately, for the season? Um, you know, anything you guys want to talk about? Uh, we'll, we'll do a round table at the end on anything, but, but Zach, anything, CJ, anything that we didn't, that we didn't touch on. Um, I shared with, uh, I shared with CJ. I don't know if you saw this, Mike, but the, they don't have like the schedule obviously set for next year, but they, they know who, you know, they know who they're playing home and they know who they're playing away. And <clears throat> the away schedule is, is pretty tough for Detroit next year. Um, I think off the top of my head, I don't, I mean, obviously you play green Bay away, um, in Chicago away. So those are outdoor games, Tampa's away. Um, and there were some other tough teams. I think the Chargers were in there. Uh, and I five, five I believe. Didn't I'm sorry, you, you 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 were clicking in and out. I didn't hear you. you said what? I think I think it's five outdoor games total. Uh, yeah, okay, five outdoor games. So I don't know. I wanted Kansas to. City, is... Oh, that's right. The Chiefs were on there too. The Chiefs, Chargers, Buccaneers. Oh. Well, the Chargers, I don't think is outside, but um. Anyways, I wanted to see if you guys had a way too early uh, record for next year for the Lions. Yeah, let me look at that again. I, I think I'm I'm still just excited we ended up uh, what we did this year, but, yeah. but I, I think anything below nine wins is going to be a failure at this point. I think you gotta you gotta have 10, 11 wins this this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean you're competing with the Vikings. I mean, granted. Chicago, those divisional games are always tough. Exactly, you know, we've always talked about the difference between, uh, you know, those road games, those outdoor road games, as opposed to the turf. Um, so I think a lot. I feel like the, the early part of the, this season, we were banged up, but I think we got healthy throughout the season outside of the season injury, season ending injuries. So I I would say successful season, 10, 11 wins, and you make the playoffs. I'm not saying we have to go deep in the playoffs, still building, but I think 10, 11 wins. Yeah, I would say, I think because this year we went five and one against the division. I think you gotta at least match that record next year, five and one, and I think they can. And then we the other NFC division we play is the NFC South, and honestly, that's the Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. I think the Lions can sweep that division. If I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah, especially depending on what happens with Tampa Bay. Yeah, so that's that's nine wins right there if you just do that. So I would say anywhere between eight and eleven wins would be my expectation. Zach, what, what's your your take? Don't you gonna give me the three and uh the the three and no, fourteen no, no, or whatever? No, man, I'm off. I'm off the uh, same old lines. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say nine and eight again. I think the team will be better, but I think the schedule's a little tougher than it was this year. So, um, you know, five and one in the division, and then four and zero against the NFC South is very doable. I I think it that's it's pretty lofty goal, but but very doable. Um, and, and the, the home schedule is not nearly as hard as the away schedule. I think we got like the Broncos and the Panthers at home. I think the Falcons might be at home too. Um, you think nine and eight gets you in the playoffs? That That's what I was going to say is it has to be, if it's not nine and eight next year, then it has to be like playoffs is, is to me, even if it's wild card, the goal next year is playoffs. If nine and eight gets you in the playoffs, I'm okay with that. If it's, if it's gotta be 10 and seven, then it's gotta be 10 and seven. I do all think, right, right. I think, uh, cause the Vikings, we've all seen the numbers, like they're, Point differential is horrible this year. It's really, I think they come down to earth next season and probably have a record closer to, you know, nine and eight, ten and seven. So I think if you're right around there, you could be competing for the division at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, outside of Hawk and Jefferson, that team's getting old. Yeah. So, all right. Well, great uh, overall season. I think a lot to uh, to be excited about. Um, I think based off the beginning of the season until now expectations were met for a lot of people. Um, I didn't expect playoffs. It, it was great to to have that suspense, especially come down to the very last game of the season. I, I feel like everything that happened the last week of, the, of football based around the Detroit Lions is like you, you couldn't script this any better. I mean, it didn't necessarily go our way, but but like you said, that, that Rams-Seattle game was probably like watching an old Lions game. You know, it was just like you just wanted to bang your head against the wall. So, And I didn't even but, consider uh, like – because I, I napped through that game. I woke up and, and overtime was starting. But I, I 
I didn't even consider the fact that if that would have finished in a tie, then the Lions would have been in the playoffs, right? Yeah, it, say, I mean, it kind of would have screwed them all. That. I thought about that too. So, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I think they were what, four minutes, three minutes away from a tie, tie or something like that. So. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god! But uh, but anyways, enough with the Lions talk. We'll get to Zach's uh, wings update. Zach, you got a little news on the Red Wings? Uh, playing tonight, up five three at the end of the second as we speak. Um, getting healthy finally, which is good. Bertuzzi's back. I think Zadina's gonna be back very shortly. Um, obviously we saw Verona come back, but he, he, uh, he got waved down to Grand Rapids. We talked about that last episode. Um, so it's at, at this point, it's going to be, you know, obviously getting healthy is exciting, but just cause we're getting healthy doesn't mean we're the best roster in the league. So, um, there's going to be a lot of jumbling around Soder, Soderblom, you know, the big giant monster that I love talking about. He got sent down to the Griffins. So with, with people getting people coming back healthy, there's just going to be a lot of line jumbling because now it's up to, uh, grew uh the penguin Derek on head coach himself <laughs> to just figure out what which lineup's going to win him the most games and so th- you're going to see a lot of people getting scratched i think ernie was scratched tonight um you know i'm sure verano will come back up at some point when he's done with his his conditioning stint and this could be jumbling around again so um it, it'll just be interesting to see how they adapt now it's it's i'm just glad we're we're in the mix mm-hmm. as opposed to you know having to climb our way out of the bottom so, so we're giving ourselves a fighting chance. Yeah. And it's funny, funny you talk about coaching, you know, like now, I mean, the team, I, I mean, by no means, he's setting these lineups. He's, he's seen what works, but now that he's getting his players back, you know, again, you're kind of back to the drawing board. So it's like coaching and stuff, but it's funny because uh, we don't talk a lot of Pistons, but I always keep an eye on the Pistons. Yeah. Obviously they're young. They're definitely underperforming, even, even being young. And Dwayne Casey came out the other night and just said, "This just this it's just not working." So basically, he just can't find the lineups. He can't find the the different. You know, I mean, great. Granted, Cade Cunningham's out, and not to to switch to basketball, but but it's just funny. And, and I've seen some uh, some different comments where they just said, "No, you're not working." Basically, uh, I think the Dwayne Casey train has run its course with the, with the Pistons. So so it's nice to see the Wings with their young lineup. I, I feel like the Wings are are doing more with their lineup, obviously in the Pistons, the Pistons are not expected to, to do a lot. And I don't think they're necessarily expected to do a lot, but I feel like they're doing a lot more with their young lineup while people are banged up. And like you said, now they're getting guys back. Now it comes to the coaching to, to really plug and play these guys and see what works best for them. Yeah. I, I saw that the Pistons were shaking up their starting lineup. You know, Dur- Duran was coming off the bench yeah. and I thought he deserved a starting spot and he got that finally. So they, and they beat the Warriors twice, bro. Defending champs. We beat the defending champs twice. I would say, yeah, of the, of the wins. And, and again, probably the, the one Detroit sports teams that we talk about least is the Pistons, but uh, it's funny the wins that they did, uh, you know, rip off. It was against the Warriors and some other teams, but, but yeah, as far as the wings, we, we always go back and forth. we, the Wings, Pistons, Lions, you know, because they're all younger teams, you know, which franchise really, really stand out. But, but I feel like, again, we, I think we mentioned it every episode, you know, as long as you got Stevie Y on your side, that's, that's a, that's kind of like ace in your pocket to run with. Yeah, for sure. For sure. CJ, are you much of a, a hockey guy or is that your brother's takes? I am. I just don't, I definitely don't watch as many games as he does. I mostly just follow the standings. What's your? I always ask him, you know, with the standings. I mean, are you a wings guy though? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. If you had to take team, so so basically, with, with the little that you've seen this year, the roster, uh, the standings and stuff like that, do you feel like, uh, um, do you feel like this team has has overachieved currently, or kind of been where you think they? I would. I guess I would say. I don't know. I don't know what my expectations were. I th- I thought better than last year. They're going to be better than last year, record wise. But I would say slightly underachieved, so, especially right now the way they're playing. But it looks like they're going to end the losing streak hopefully tonight. Um, yeah, and I remember on one of your guys' early episodes, Zach mentioned something about goalkeeping being an issue to keep an eye on for the Wings. So I've kind of been following that to see if they can figure that out. But yeah, I was kind of hoping for, a, for like a fringe playoff contention at the end of the season for the Wings. 
to be able to follow that. I don't know where they're at. Things, but I know they've been playing. Yeah, I, th- I think they're a little uh, they're a little off pace. I think they are sitting right outside the wild card, but they're a few points back. They need they need to get a lot of games, or they need to put forth the win streak at least. Yeah. Seven. So, there you go. What? Sorry. Yeah, you 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 clicked in and out there. I don't know what's going on with your microphone, but me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that it looks like they're seven points out of a playoff spot, and I'm just hoping by the end. Competing for that spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, Zach, in previous episodes, like it, the fact that we're even in that position is because when we're in overtime, you know, we're picking up. We've had more overtime games. We pick up a point there, so it's kind of like yeah, we don't win much, but when we lose, it's in overtime. So it's yeah. Like, so, but uh, anyway, so we always we always give a, a quick wings update. But uh, transitioning before we get to our roundtable, we definitely got to mention the national championship. Guys, I, I I told Zach, I said, I watch about two drives and turn the thing off. And then I didn't check the score until today, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, Zach, CJ, Zach, I'll go to you. What? And I know you said you turned it off, too, or you didn't even tune in. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was seeing the final score, or was that what you expected, or did you think TCU would hang around a little more? I'm not. It actually, I think there was like – even though TCU in a lot of scenarios was an underdog, I saw there was a poll. I don't know if ESPN or Sports Illustrated did it. That TCU was like fifty-seven percent favorite. Yeah, yeah well, I, I think like fifty percent of the public picked them to win, but but I think Georgia went in as fourteen-point favorites. So, um, I, I it, that was not what I expected. I mean, that's the result I expected, but I didn't expect it to be like that. And and I'll keep my piece short because I know both of you guys actually had dogs in this fight with Ohio state, Michigan. And, and I, I blame this on them. I blame more of it on Michigan because it should have been Michigan, Georgia, but it, it, it even could have been Michigan, Ohio state, or at least Ohio state and TCU. So it's one of y'all's fault is all I'm saying. Literally any other scenario uh, concerning the matchups would have been better. Yeah, I agree. I feel like both, Ohio State, Michigan. I think Ohio State played Georgia out of their mind. Like I said, CJ Stroud had probably one of the best games of his career. But I feel like you don't live and die by one play. But if you want to talk about one play, you can easily, as a Michigan fan, talk about that touchdown that never was. That completely changed the game. Yeah. That ended up in a fumble, changed the direction. Uh, you know, essentially a six-point swing. That's essentially what it was, you know, and and I feel like Michigan and Ohio State, both of their offenses could have handled Georgia. Well, I mean, I, you already saw Georgia, so basically it would have been Ohio State TCU, which I think anybody would have handed TCU, you know. But but I think Michigan, even Michigan lined up against Georgia, you know, it could have been – I feel like they're running attack, which, which like I said last episode, their running attack is – I think control the game, but they've really surprised me the past couple of weeks of really opening up with their passing game. So, so I think they had, uh, you know, different avenues, but I think in a fact of Georgia, your biggest strength is being able to keep the ball away from Georgia where Michigan, I think they can just pound the ball with their running attack, which I, I didn't think TCU was going to be that bad, but wow. I mean, that was like, I, I can't tell you like since, since I've paid attention to sports where, I literally turned off a championship game and just could not care less about it. Yeah. It was, I couldn't uh, believe I, the rankings came out and they kept TCU at two. I could not believe that. Like, well, I thought, did they? I, 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 at least what I saw today, yeah, it had Georgia one, okay. TCU two, Michigan three, Ohio State four, which. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, I don't know how in the world you put TCU ahead of Ohio State. After they both just played Georgia back to back, and they, right. <laughs> like it made no sense to me. But I, I mean, don't know I how I don't know how a team can lose by fifty, and then they stay in number yeah, two. Yeah, or, yeah, <laughs> they stay anywhere, no matter what their ranking yeah. is. Yeah, definitely should have been behind Ohio State. So, and this is like how uh, ignorant I've been. I, I know they've been talking about obviously switching this to the twelve teams. Um, what? I, and obviously the conference alignments will change soon, but I think a lot of those conference alignments change in 2024, especially the Big Ten with USC and UCLA coming. Um, what 
when does the, the like I said, I'm not even stupid. Does it switch to 12 next year or, or two years? I, I believe it's the following season, so it's not next year, but that's what I thought. So everything I, comes I, I back. No idea. So basically. I mean, you're talking a, a 12, 12 team race. I mean, obviously, you're going to have those teams in it, but you're not going to have the matchups where, you know, it's going to be right off the rip Ohio State, Georgia, or TCU, USC. You're going to, ha- or, I mean, uh, uh, Michigan, I'm sorry. Um, so, so I think th- th- this is probably outside of the championship game, this is probably the best college football playoff we've ever had. You know, this is probably the one time that the, the committee can be like, okay, we feel good about it. But I feel like every time that they can really take two step or take a step forward, they take two steps back because you look at this national championship game, like what the hell just happened? You know, like I don't even know. I, I would love to see what the viewership is on that. But, you know, you, you got a 26 year old uh, quarterback out there, which, you know, age doesn't really matter. But essentially the dude is he, he walks on to Georgia. Then he leaves to go to Juco. Then he comes back to Georgia and basically breaks every record in Georgia, which you're, you're talking Stetson Bennett, like a dude that's probably never going to sniff the NFL, maybe a practice squad, and he's got all these SEC records, you know. And then you've got uh, who's their uh, that little white receiver, eighty four. That I saw a thing that uh, Bill Belichick was just licking his lips for Stetson Bennett and this little yeah, white receiver. Yeah, no, no, Bowers is the tight end. No, it's uh, McConkey. Oh yeah, McKay, they just like these dudes that don't fit on any roster, but he's they're gonna go to New England and just light up the world. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I just it was hard to watch. Ohio State, you know, being an Ohio State guy in Michigan, I I rooted for Michigan. I wanted the best for the Big Ten, you know, but they got they definitely got hosed. Uh, I'm not gonna say Ohio State necessarily got hosed. You know, there's a few different things, but I feel like Ohio State played Georgia good, but that championship game was was nowhere near what we expect. So I guess hopefully, uh, you know, foreshadow, at least for the NFL, um, you know, the, the, the Super Bowl uh, will be good and, and kind of flipping scripts uh, again, before we get into this round table here uh, quickly, I, I was just, I'm just throwing this out there. Do you guys have, if you guys thought about the Super Bowl this year, you guys have two teams that you think are going to be in the Super Bowl. TJ, you got, you got, uh, you got two teams. Yeah. So I think, I think the chiefs are going to win it all. Really? I'm not, I'm not rooting for them. I'm not rooting against them, but I do think, yeah, I think, and I hope they play Buffalo again because that was epic last year when they played. Um, I would pick the Chiefs to go from the AFC, and then from the NFC, I'd probably pick the Niners right now. Niners are wrong. Zach, you got, you got a, I know you don't necessarily have a dog in the fight, but you got two teams. Yeah, no, I mean, I got, hey, man, if you want to talk technically, I got three dogs in the fight, okay, because Jacksonville, Tampa, and Miami are all in. But, uh, <laughs> I'm also going to say San Fran from the from the NFC, and actually the Niners are my Super Bowl pick. Um, and I, I don't really care if it's Chiefs or Bills. I just hope it's one of those two. But then I hope the Niners win. Yeah, three dogs in the fight, and you just cut them all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not giving any of them a win. Just put that on record. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I would have to. It, it's kind of funny with Kansas City. You know, you think with Tyreek Hill leaving that. Uh, that offense is supposed to take a step back and they just continue to thrive. I definitely want to see that too. The bills, uh, you know, uh, Casey, I think what, what San Francisco is doing is, is unbelievable with Brock Purdy. Um, you know, I've had, I had George Kittle all season of fantasy and until Brock Purdy started, he was really not even relevant. And now he's lighting up the world and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but you know, good for that team. It'll be interesting to see, you know, okay, so 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 quickly, you know, Brock Purdy, say he runs the table. The dude runs the table. He does. He doesn't. Lo- at this point, he can't lose a start. You know, I mean, he he can lose a start, but I mean, if he runs the table all the way through the through the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl. I mean, you got Jimmy G. I don't know what he signed. Maybe he was signed another year. You got Trey Lance, and you got Brock Purdy. The dude goes and wins the Super Bowl. Is there a quarterback controversy there, or is that like a Kyle Shanahan type deal thing where? Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about it. It's just he wants a super no Super Bowl, no big deal. Trey Lance, next man up. I, I think as soon as Jimmy G went down for the season, I think that was his last game in San Francisco. Really? I just think they're done with his injuries because it's happened so often there. That's that's just my take. Um, and then the Trey Lance Brock Purdy thing with given because Brock Purdy hasn't lost and they really haven't played in a close game outside of that overtime game last week. Um, if he goes to the Super Bowl, that seems like such an unprecedented situation oh, given yeah. 
the fact that they gave up so much for Trey Lance and he hasn't really played outside of maybe two games. Yeah, I don't know what they would do there. I, if I was a fan, I would just want them to keep Purdy and keep that momentum because you don't really know how what Lance is. But I don't they know say, what they would do. They say the dude, I mean, he's just like a little dude. He just like demands like respect. He goes in the, the huddle and they just like look at him and they're just like, you would think this dude's like a 17, 17 year vet, like the way he commands yeah. the locker room and stuff. So, yeah. So, Zach, you, you feel kind of the same way, or, you know, you, can you see a quarterback controversy there? And then, and then I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm going to double load you here. You know, I'm going to ask you about San Francisco and then, uh, where, who, who's quarterback for Tampa Bay next year? We'll, we'll so, go, uh, give me San Francisco first. Okay. So, first, um, San Francisco, if, if, if Purdy runs the table, wins the Super Bowl, I think, because of what CJ alluded to, they gave up so much from, I think you stick with Lance as your guy, like going into next season. I think you do everything you can to keep Purdy in your back pocket. You know, you cut ties with Jimmy G, but um, you know, it's such a, it's such a good offense that I, I think that you just, cause I mean, look, I, granted Jared Goff didn't, didn't win a Super Bowl, but he went to the Super Bowl and then was nothing basically after that. And now obviously one man's trash, another man's treasure. We love him here and that's cool. But just because you go on that run to the Super Bowl, I, you know, I don't think that anoints you. I think you still go with your guy into next season, and you just try and keep Purdy close if you can. What do you What do you think Purdy? What do you think Purdy's making? Like Mister Irrelevant? You think he's making like five hundred k? Yeah, I don't even want to know. I mean, I'm sure I could look it up. It would take me three hours, but uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay. Um, Excuse me. <clears throat> my, Tampa you know, Bay. What, what's your take on Tampa Bay? My worst nightmare would be Aaron Rodgers being quarterback in Tampa Bay. Oh my year. god! <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Tom another year. I I think as as much as I kind of like I don't want him here anymore. You know, it's kind of overshadowing the Buccaneers, and it's kind of hard to to be in on the Buccaneers because of Tom Brady and his drama. But but I I think he's gonna stay here for another year just because he wants to and. I think he likes, I think he likes living in four. I don't, I don't know where he would go unless he like. Obviously, he's not going to go to San Francisco. Um, yeah. So I, so I don't, you know. Yeah, maybe we're talking I know about. He, I know he's a Cali boy, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, but I hear some rumblings too about, you know, Sean Payton and Tom trying to link up again, and there's some maybe in Tampa Bay. You know, depending on what happens, obviously Tampa Bay's still in the thick of things, but I know. Uh, uh, New Orleans still owns his rights, and they're looking for a first round pick, which is it's crazy to me that you can essentially have a, <laughs> I didn't know a you coach that. out of the NFL and still yeah. own the rights to him. <laughs> That's funny, but uh, but anyways, uh, en- enough about uh, this season. Uh, we're gonna put that behind us. A uh, great season for the Lions. We still got our wings, Pistons, uh, you know, moving forward, but really excited about the uh, the uh, the new season, obviously, or the the season hasn't even been hasn't even ended, obviously, but uh, definitely boomer bust at this point. There's a lot of expectations, but but guys, going into our last segment here, kind of our roundtable, everybody can bring a topic to the table. It can be uh, you know anything sports related, anything life related, anything that any any burning questions. But guys, I got to get this off my chest. I'm going to start because CJ, you kind of talked about it. Zach, you've mentioned it. The Detroit Lions cannot draft a quarterback. I mean, they can draft a quarterback late if they want. I am 100%. I am 110% on the Jared Goff bandwagon. We're riding this to the end. I, how many games? I think he finished the last seven games of the season without an interception. You cannot, you cannot do this. There's no reason. Again, we've got the most cap space. We've got, some of the best dra- uh, potential draft picks coming up. We're, there's no reason to burn. I-, I talked about trading back, getting out of the number six spot. You got to go defense. You got to go secondary. You got to go <laughs> linebacker. Even if you want to get a pass rusher again, load up on defense. We got plenty of money for the for free agency. Our offensive line, if they stay help- healthy, re-sign our, our wide receivers. It's going to be cheap. You cannot – you cannot, and, and like you said, Holmes kind of mentioned it. You don't want to show that that hand. I like the commitment to golf. I'm a, I'm a committed guy, 
but I am so sick and tired of this fan base. And I think it's 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 definitely dumbed down. But that that's my take. That's my little rant here. Jared Goff, I'm with you, 2023. Uh, you're my boy. You, you finished the season uh, with the, the highest QBR in Detroit Lions. I think you I think you tied Matthew Stafford down the season. Um, you had the most you had the most home touchdown passes. Um, you, you basically this office you commanded this offense. So Jared Goff, I'm in your quarter. Defensive draft, give me it. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't at the beginning of the season, but but now I am. And I'll admit yeah, that. I've, I've totally shifted on Goff, too, just the last 10 games. Like, he's he's looked – I was looking at his stats, his career stats, and just in terms of quantity, it's not his best season. But in terms of efficiency, and I, I think the word I would use is this is the most mature he's looked in the league. Like yeah. He looks like a, a quarterback that can lead a team. And I, I just think the model should be, even when we had Stafford, and Stafford's my favorite line of all time, even when we had him, I, w- I always said I'd rather have a team around a quarterback than a quarterback, you know, carrying a team. And look what the 49ers are doing. They have a, they have Mr. Irrelevant leading their team into the playoffs. And I, I think we can do that with golf if you just load up the roster this offseason. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I agree, and that's a, perfect, that's a perfect take right there. You know, you go from uh, – uh, a number one, which both number one draft picks, but I mean, a number one pick like Stafford that had Megatron and absolutely nothing. Got rid of Megatron. He still had a few good seasons, but now you got golf, which is number one pick. Now you got a, one of the best offensive lines. You got probably one of the quietest receiving cores. You got two really, really good running backs. I feel like offensively, there's not much you need to do there. So yeah, young defense, right. young defense that's going to grow. And that's good. Um. Okay, I'll go next. This is something that I think CJ knows. This grinds my gears. I don't know if you know about this, Mike, but um, since we're approaching March March Madness and and you know we're on to the NFL postseason, and after that, it's going to be all all March Madness and the Masters and all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> college basketball rankings are one of the most irrelevant things of my all times. All time. I don't even know why they do it. I think it's so that they can hold these. Stats where they're like, you know, most weeks at number one or most consecutive weeks at number one, which really doesn't it it never matters. We get we get to the tournament, all you want is you know, some sort I guess maybe they use it as some sort of but even then it's like you know the top twenty five are getting in a tournament. There's sixty like you need to fill forty other anyways. This the, the rankings don't matter. Nobody rarely pays attention to them. I don't know why they do it. It it's like Purdue lost number one Purdue lost the other day to I don't it was like Rutgers or something like it doesn't matter you know just get to say they're the, the 12 and one Purdue Boilermakers we don't need to know whether you think they're number one or number four it doesn't matter in basketball yeah it's right. very fluid yeah, I, I agree because 30 game season you can essentially I mean two three four wins I mean, four losses, I'm sorry, you can still be a number one seed, which, I mean, granted, that's a, a pretty good win percentage, but, I mean, you can lose those games early, drop down the rankings, work your way back up at the rankings, drop, come back up. It's just a, a, an yeah. ever-evolving and, Yeah, and, and none of it matters as long as you make the tournament because everyone yeah. in the tournament has a chance to win. What they should do is they should just tell us when they're playing what place they're in in their conference, and that's all I need to know. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, with, with that being said, this is your first uh, roundtable here, CJ, with us. Uh, what is your uh, what, what's on your mind? Like I said, it can be anything sports related. It can be anything just in general. Yeah. So I kind of i I want to ask every single Lions fan I know this question, and it's going into this off season, but really the next I guess three hundred sixty five days from now, and it's concerning DeAndre Swift, running back. Okay. He's, I think we used an early second-round pick on him. He obviously has a lot of potential. He's very fast, got a lot of skill. Injury issues, but also sometimes the style of play I don't necessarily agree with. Like, I like the way Jamal Williams plays when he's on the field. Like, he runs forward. So my question is to both of you, because I think Swift could end up being the next Hawkinson within the next 365 days, kind of a shocking trade. And you can get some good draft picks because I think a lot of teams around the league would love Swift. And I just think you can plug in another young running back with Jamal, assuming we re-sign Jamal. So I just want to know what you guys think about Swift over the next year. 
year from now. Zach, this is, this is funny because we talked. We we've always kind of been back and forth on this. And actually, when the Hawk trade happened, I think I even put a poll up about would you rather have seen Hawk or Swift trade it? And at the time, I was heavy on Swift. I was okay. That was you know months and months ago when Swift was banged up, and I was just kind of over it. But you see, when he's healthy, the potential. And I think if they if they have a guy like Jamal Williams, if they're committed to a guy like Jamal Williams that can run between the tackles, and then you can change your pace, Swift, and he's okay. Zach and I talked about this. If if he's okay in the locker room, he doesn't have to be the guy. I think that's right. a guy I want on my team. I know he can he can demand a lot of draft capital, maybe per se, based off of his what he can do. But I think I'm in the camp where I want to keep the as long as we can keep these guys together. He's not. I don't think he's your your primary running back. I think you can give him a lot of carries, a lot of touches, but I think he's got to be complimented. So that's where I'm at. As long as Williams is here, I'm I'm all on Swift now. Yeah, for me, the the biggest if is Jamal Williams. You know, if if, if he pulls a big psych and and decides to sign somewhere else, I think you know you're cornered into to Swift. But but I don't I don't hate what you said, CJ about not loving his style of play. I definitely prefer Jamal Williams style of play um, to, to, you know, I, I just trust it more. Um, and, and over the next 365 days, I would be okay with Swift going. I, I'm, I have a trust level of Brad Holmes at this point where I would at least have to see it through. I wouldn't automatically say, what the hell are we doing? You know? So, right. I, I don't know. I, I, where do you where do you, I'm curious where you stand since you pose the question. I think I think my main concern is uh, how much money is he gonna because he has one more year on the contract, so he's definitely he should be on the team next season unless they make some surprise move before then. I, my concern is just how much money is he gonna ask for, and it was the same concern with Hawkinson because those guys are drafted high, and that yeah. automatically goes into contract negotiations. And I, I my belief is that they're just gonna they're gonna break the bank for Jamal. Not literally, he's not going to become the highest paid running back or anything, but they're going to offer him whatever they want because they know how valuable he is. That's that's my belief. Um, but Swift, my only concern is just how much money uh, is he going to ask for? Because in reality, I think when we do offer that next contract to him, it should be the numbers should be in line with like a number two running back or a guy who splits time. He's not a number one running back. And I just don't know if that's what he's going to ask for. So if it comes down to that, then I would be for trading him. But I do yeah. like what he, I do like what he provides to the team. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. And, and like like you said, Zach, I think Brad, like you know, you bring a, you bring a guy in, and you got to feel, you know, are we hitting on these picks? You got Malcolm Rodriguez late, got got rid of Swift, but basically, you know, you're he's at the end of a deal where he's going to demand like probably some of the highest tight end money. As soon as we get rid of him, our, our tight ends are. They're playing well. They're they're setting the the franchise record for touchdown catches. So I, I definitely got to buy into that. I think he knows what's right, but I definitely think as long as Swift can stay uh, the type of person because because I don't know because because I feel like he's a he's a pretty quiet guy. I, I don't know necessarily that I've ever heard anything bad about him. But as long as he can stay happy in the locker room, like you said, CJ, he's not going to be demanding a lot of money, even though we're going to have money. Um, you know, I think complimenting him with with Jamal Williams, and I don't even think Jamal Williams is one of those guys that you, you're going to have to pay him a little bit of money. But I don't even think he's one of those guys that would come in and say, "Hey, you got to give me X, Y, and Z." I think he's just more. He wants to be here. He's excited. He's passionate about it. And if you can keep those guys together, and if you don't have to touch the offense, I would be extremely happy because you know we still got guys like Quentin, Quentin Cephas, which. I'm not sure where I'm at on him because there's a lot of a lot of injuries. He kind of reminds me of like a Kennedy Galladay, except for he never really proved himself. Um, you know, like I said, you know, on, on the line we got Big V, which I, I'm okay with cutting ties because we had a lot of money in him. It'll be depending on what, what kind of cap hit he has because all the injuries he had. Uh, I don't even think he's played more than four or five games for us. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this receiving core is – is very even with St. Brown, I feel like I mean even having over a hundred catches, he's, they're very uh, unselfish. They they don't care. They just want to win, and that's what I would see building on. I'm excited about the defense, but that's a that's a great question because Zach and I have kind of been back and forth back on that. And early in the season, I was okay with Swift being gone, but now I'm kind of pretty pretty steady because I look at the job at best like days where same situation, but 
they used him as a primary running back and we pretty much killed the guy, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't take those hits. So if we can compliment him, uh, I'm really excited, uh, you know, looking at what, what that uh, second, and I even think Jackson, you know, he, he out, you know, he came in, took, took a role away from Craig Reynolds with in the past season did, did well. I think he played great. So, you know, there's going to be a few players that maybe it's going to suck lose, but, but I think Swift's going to be around. I really hope to see that. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting, but, uh, but guys, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, you guys jumping on um, Motor City Realist. We Zach and I threw this together after What's Up Belly Up. We're, we're just Detroit guys. Uh, I shouldn't say Detroit guys. Uh, I'm not a Detroit guy. We're just Detroit sport, sports fans. At least these guys are from Michigan. They got the ties there. I'm an Ohio kid, whatever. But, um, but uh, CJ, man, I'm glad that you were able to jump on. We Like I said, we talked about you having on or you coming on. We'll probably take a little little break uh, after this episode here, get back into things because – because uh, I know Zach's not the biggest uh, biggest baseball guy in the world getting into that season, but we still got the wings. But uh, but CJ, we'll definitely have to have you back on once we, we kick back off. But uh, anything you guys want to end with, and then I'll take us out of here. Uh, I just want to say I appreciate it because I love talking to Lions. I love talking to Lions with fellow Lions fans, so I appreciate being on. Absolutely, yeah. man. I appreciate yeah, thanks, it. Thanks for hopping on. Um, yeah, like Mike said, little little hiatus here. I'm I'm going through a, a move, so I gotta I gotta do that. But but if the wings are pushing down the stretch, we'll uh, we're we're gonna be back on here talking talking hockey going into the postseason. And um, yeah, and yeah, you know, like if once the NFL offseason heats up, we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about the Lions moves and stuff like that. But but till then, this is the this is the last one for a little bit. Yeah, thanks everyone so, for tuning in. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll take it out of here. Uh, thanks on behalf of myself. It's Zach, Max, CJ. You guys, I appreciate you jumping on. We'll see you guys soon. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated on the old Twitter account, but uh, you guys have a good night. And like I said, we'll see you soon. Peace.